0: We preview the Winter Olympics and assess the direction of the AFLW on today's Splash. It's Wednesday the 7th of February. (laughs)
1: Your daily dose of sporting agenda. Your audio edition of the Fox Sports homepage. The splash with your host Phil Pryor.
0: Thanks for tuning in. Big show today. Joining me a little later in the program is the national editor of Fox Sports Australia, Tony Harper, who will talk to us about the Winter Olympics happening in Pyeongchang, kicking off very shortly in the next couple of days and also in just a moment we'll be joined by uh, lead of the AFL Fox footy uh, team down in Melbourne Ben Waterworth discussing AFLW briefly but first a few headlines. (music) Reports Cameron Munster's future at the Melbourne Storm in Doubt. Due to recent off-field indiscretions story at the Fox Sports website, Uh, an Aussie schoolboy sensation has been signed and snapped up by a U.S. college. Uh, A stunning coaching backflip in the NFL involving Patriots offensive coordinator Josh McDaniels, who was announced as the Colts head coach. And the AFL steps in to forge the path of the AFLW in its second season. And for more on that, we're joined by Fox footy uh, digital lead, Ben Waterworth. Welcome to The Splash, Benny.
2: Philip, a lifelong ambition to be on The Splash. Great to be with
0: you. <laughs> Your first 2018 appearance. Yes, um, looking forward to it. And, and an interesting story, um, which has been bubbling away since the opening round of the AFLW season on the weekend. AFL, it, It's come out that the AFL has contacted AFLW coaches stepping in to ensure teams are playing a positive attacking brand following Carlton's defensive-orientated tactics in the season opener last Friday night. Can you elaborate on this, given that also they had uh, Blues star player Brianna Davey address the media uh, just this morning?
2: Not just the AFL in general, the AFL chief executive, Gillan McLaughlin, reportedly reaching out to AFLW coaches after round one. Overall, when you look at the actual amount of goals scored across round one of the AFLW, it was up on the Mm. corresponding round last year. But I think what has really stuck in, in Gil's mind on the season opener of the season, round one, Friday night, Carlton Collingwood on, you free to wear and on Fox footy as well. He was a really, I think Gill was quite disappointed with some of the tactics that were used by the coaches and Terry Wallace backed that up on, on radio as well, a former AFL coach and three time Premiership Hawk, about particularly putting players behind the ball. So, f- not necessarily flooding, but putting extra numbers in the defensive fifty, defensive half of the ground, which consequently stops scoring and or hinders the scoring from from opposition as well. So McLaughlin may reportedly made a couple of calls to AFLW coaches. We understand probably Carlton as well, because Carlton I think were the main instigators of those defensive tactics across the uh, across the weekend, uh, and. Uh, Carlton captain Brianna Davey was asked about it, as you, as you said before, Phil, in the media today and said basically along along the lines of, well, our number one job is to win and as long as we're winning, we don't really care about how we're playing, which I think is uh, which is a bit of a fierce response, I think, to, to Gill and the, and the mm. AFL, considering Gill went out of his way to interfere and, and really get stuck into the AFLW coaches after what he saw firsthand over the weekend.
0: Yeah, TV audience that's come out was down for that. First fixture compared to last year, but it's really hard to, to read too much into that given uh, the fact that there was a BBL semi final on at the same time involving Melbourne and Adelaide franchises. Not ideal, obviously, for the AFL. Do you think that perhaps this is uh, an overreaction from AFL headquarters?
2: Well, I think as he has every right to this is, Gil is the boss of the AFL this is ultimately his product and if he doesn't if he doesn't like something he sees well then he you know he does have the right probably to, to voice his opinion about that whether he may whether someone else in the AFL maybe should have made contact on Gill's behalf, that's, that's another question. But ultimately it's, you know, Gill's the boss of the AFL and he has a, a, a right to, to make that. I, I suppose from, from here on in, I think as Brie also said in her, alluded to in her media conference today, that she's expecting the, the spectacle of AFLW to improve as the season goes on. She's expecting higher scores, a more attacking style of play to, to come come through. Brisbane Lions AFLW coach Craig which was also asked about this and he alluded to the fact that teams are actually trying to and in, trying to instigate more attacking play, so attacking the corridor and going through the middle of the ground ball, which obviously gets you to your offensive goals uh, a lot quicker, but that also depends quite heavily on how, uh, how teams defend. So I think in the end, as skills improve, and we have to remember, we're nine rounds into this competition. We're, we're, there was only eight rounds in last season's uh, home and away AFLW season, mm. and, and we are only done one round this season. We are nine rounds into a baby experiment. I think overall, we need to have some patience. Whether they look, if the trend does continue, they might have to look at potentially shortening fields because we are on AFL men's size fields, and there's less players on the ground, so there's more expected of players to try and cover uh, more of the ground and you know, on you know with uh, on a men's size field. So that might be a bit of an ask particularly for, for players in this early stage of the competition. But I think overall let's be patient. Let's see what happens.
0: And just quickly before we move on to Winter Olympics, what was your reaction to the overall product that you saw Benny Throughout the weekend, not isolating Friday night's game between Carlton Collingwood, um, you know, in comparison to to what you might have witnessed last season?
2: We saw a couple of. Rippers, I think even Gill had admitted publicly yesterday that three out of the four games were brilliant to watch. Having said that, four out of the eight teams did have scoreless halves during uh, during the weekend. Adelaide was actually scoreless in three its four quarters against the Brisbane Lions in the grand final rematch on the weekend. But I think overall, you could see the benefit of not only a, a season under their belts last year, but an actual full pre-season, because these girls had, had uh, not been playing AFLW since March last year, but they'd been at their clubs for a Pre season. They'd gone away and played, you know, for, for girls in Victoria. They played the VFLW competition. So they've been able to get more uh, kilometres into the legs and more skills and more games under their belts during that time. So I think that, that came to the, the fore uh, quite a fair bit. You know, I think we saw Katie Brennan star for the Western Bulldogs on the weekend. Uh, unfortunately for Adelaide, they were missing Aaron Phillips, which I think was a big reason why they didn't beat the Brisbane Lions on the weekend. And I think the Lions proved that they will be a bit of a force to be reckoned with. So besides the Friday night game, which wasn't a great spectacle. However, we did see some, some great individual performances in that game. I think was vastly improved from round one uh, of 2017.
0: Maybe it's a positive step that um, so many are being critical now. You know, the, the expectation is, 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 uh, is increasing.
2: Absolutely, I think, uh, and it obviously helps that there's no other AFL men's competition going on and AFLX is still a couple of weeks ago away followed by the JLT Community Series. But no Mm. doubt that that extra exposure for AFLW, people are hungry for for footy news, particularly after the the end of the Australian Open and and, and the cricket season coming to an end. People want to see some AFL news and AFLW delivers that. I think it's still a baby competition that will continue to grow. But you're right, maybe this extra talk Uh, will just uh, help the publicity for the competition in the short term.
0: Mainstream agenda, it's a good thing for the AFLW. And Ben Waterworth has more information for us on the Fox Sports website. He's penned a yarn on all of this today. Uh, Benny, thank you very much for joining The Splash as well.
2: A pleasure, Phil. Enjoy the day.
0: Let's transition to something a little chillier. The Winter Olympics, uh, and joining me to do so is my boss, the national digital editor for the Fox Sports website. Just got back from Colorado. He's, uh, he's a snow sports expert and, uh, Olympic, um, uh, correspondent, I suppose, as well, Tony Harper
1: yeah thanks phil you're doing a great job by the way. Thank is this you. our performance review or or, uh, or is can, this the splash we
0: can I uh We can turn it into some sort of a review as well
1: sounds great i was, was in Colorado at Breckenridge last week. um Scotty James was training there actually, and I looked at the twenty two foot super pipe that he competes in and i uh almost lost my lunch i don 't yeah. know how those guys do it they're they're phenomenal athletes.
0: We did actually touch on that on the splash a week or so ago after that. 98 mm. in the X Games from Scotty James, but that wasn't even enough for gold, which it would have been in any other X Games event ever.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's he's one who last year won the World Championship and World Cup and was way out in front. And the Japanese guy, um, Hirano, 19-year-old, he won silver last time as a 15-year-old. Yeah, And he's pulled out a trick no one's ever seen before. They were talking about it before the season that that was the the next stage, the fourteen forty double cork, so a couple of twists and four rotations. And um they they're all that like half pipe's a bit of an arms race. They're they're out there, they train in secrecy. I spoke to Scotty James um, at the end of last season, he talked about what was going to be coming up and, you know, not sharing information about it. So they go away. They're all they all know what they're working on, but whether they're doing it or not, they're not quite sure. Yeah. And and for the Japanese guy to come and pull that one out like it, but it's that kind of event where it can go wrong really easily. They're they're yeah, they're yeah. going six meters down a pipe and then six to eight meters up in the air and they're coming down. They're they're on the edge and Scotty's got a got a chance, but a year ago things were looking probably a bit better for him.
0: Well, yeah, a fascinating sort of end to that event too. Scotty had the last run knowing he needed a ninety nine, <sighs> but he he knew that even if he um, went through his run pretty much perfectly, yeah. he can't compete with that trick.
1: No, I think that's exactly exactly fair. If the guy nails something that's never been done before in competition, which he did, then then it's hard to argue with that, doing things that have been seen before. I, I think that, that's, um, that was a fair result. I've seen both of those runs. It is absolutely amazing. Um, and you're right, he's won the next games before. I mean, the interesting thing to me is that uh, he's going to a third Olympics, Scotty. He's 23 years old. But the favourite going in is a 19-year-old, so yeah, it's like, yeah. you know, where, where's he go? Where's he go here? But he'll he'll be um, punching on strong for Australia in those red gloves, you know, the red boxing kangaroo gloves mm-hmm. that he had specially made for these <laughs> games or for for his co- competitions.
0: Yeah, uh, Scotty's just one of the uh, uh, one of the uh, I suppose Aussies that we can really look forward to in these games, and and we'll get to a few more. Chang in Korea, the Winter Olympics start tomorrow, Feb nine. Wait, what's the date today? Is it tomorrow? They start Friday. No, two days, two yeah. days time.
1: So, so the opening ceremony is on Friday. But before that even starts, two uh, key Australian medal hopes will be in action in qualification in the M- moguls qualifiers. That'll yep. be before the opening ceremony. So that that'll be the first uh, kick off for us, and that's Britt Cox in the uh, mm. women's and Matt Graham in the in the men. So they're, they're the first really people to watch from a Aussie perspective
0: um, let's start with a more general question what's Australia's goal heading into these winter Olympics um, we're always massive underdogs uh, in the overall scheme of things but is this shaping up um, as our best ever team assembled first of all um, and... yeah well
1: well that's what the that, that's what Ian Chesterman the the chef de mission is saying and it's hard to hard to disagree with him on that we go into these Olympics with 17 athletes out of 51 in the team who have won world cup medals over the last two years. And I think that's, uh, last year our results in world cup were greater than we've ever had before. Um, there's been a real revolution in, in terms of our performances overseas. We're dominating some events. Um, and, and yes, yes, it is. Uh, the, um, you know, the interesting thing about Australian winter sports, as uh, I said, I've just been overseas and sitting on chairlifts with a lot of Americans who go, does it snow in Australia? Do we have anyone at the Winter Olympics? They're really keen on it, but they're kind of surprised that we, uh, we, we, when I'd sort of tell them we've got a couple of medal chances there, they're kind of surprised that we're even in the game. I mean, I think I think Australian snow sports has grown so much. We've had some great pioneers in that who have won medals um, and this is a real chance. I do worry, like we spoke about Scotty James, Britt Cox, who I mentioned, is another one who were world champions and dominated their events last year and would have conceivably been going in as gold medal favourites and things have kind of kind of changed a bit in that 12 months.
0: Shout out to my friends in Albury. Uh, Britt Cox, of course, from the border region, uh, doing the region very proudly. Hey, I hear that it's minus 21 degrees over uh, up in Pyeongchang, Currently, uh, if the weather stays this chilly, how daunting is that for us, uh, for the Aussie athletes who are clearly not used to, to those temperatures?
1: Uh, Australia dominated, uh, Australia won or did very well last year at the World Championships in Sierra Nevada, which was kind of like uh um, spring conditions at yeah. that stage, a lot of slash. There, the Scotty James. There's photos of him. He's basically in a t-shirt, um, competing, mm. minus 21. He's confronting, and like everyone has to deal with it. But the Ian Chesterman again uh, spoke to that today. He said these guys are, you know, professional athletes. They're used to cold conditions, but. You know, acknowledges that softer snow is is kind of better for for the Australians. Matt Graham, who will kick us off in the moguls, has said that he's seen the course and he thinks that the external cold's no issue and the course looks looks schmick and uh, no complaints there. I mean, minus 21, that's that's pretty pretty tough work for anyone, I think.
0: We've spoken about Scotty James and Britt Cox, two of our major medal contenders um, from the Aussie team. Who else should should we be uh, looking out for?
1: Look, we've always done well in the aerials, and this will be no uh, no different. Um, Lydia Lassler is someone who, for me, is one of Australia's greatest sporting mm. talents. And I'm not sure... You know, she's known, but I'm not sure if she gets the credit she deserves after a, an Olympic gold and Olympic silver. A year ago, she decided she'd had enough, and then the lure of the Olympics has brought her back. A fifth Olympic Games. It's incredible. Now, yeah, it's incredible, and it's not just a, a, a rock up and let's compete in the fifth Olympic Games. This, last weekend, or the weekend before, she had a final um, a preparation event for these Games, and they were back-to-back events on a weekend and she won a gold gold medal and a silver medal so she's actually going in she, she's going in with a a massive chance of of um of winning another gold medal here at 36 this she's she's declared this is going to be her um final ever event you know she's Fit, she's ready for it, and I'm just really looking forward to seeing her compete. Because also in that event, we have Danielle Scott, a surfer from your your way, the Northern Beaches, <laughs> um, Laura Peel as well, who are also, you know, decent medal chances. I mean, they're all they've all come through this uh, gymnastics background of um, being recruited into snow sports out of gymnastics. Danielle Scott told me she had never put on skis till she was 16, but she was a national gymnastics champion from around about 10 years old. And, um, Jackie Cooper was the one who recruited her in a former, former, um, you know, champion aerial from Australia. So, so we've got that crew, David Morris in the men's aerials is a good chance as well. He's in great form. Um, you look at my favourite event, which is the snowboard cross, and, and yeah, and, you know a name that Chumpy,
0: a, a name
1: that everyone k- kind of knows. But hey, Chumpy Pullin, and he hasn't had um, great Olympic success. He's had world world championship success, but it's such a random event. Oh, you, it's
0: a crap crapshoot, right? Yeah, and we've
1: got four guys in there, and they've all done really really well on on tour this season. I just love it because it it's so frantic. It depends on the course. It depends on the lane. It's a real uh, battle of wits, but skill and speed. And that's such a great race. Um, in the female event of that, Belle uh, Brockhoff, I'm really interested to see how she goes. Belle is a great character. Um, she did an ACL not that long ago. She's really battled to come back and be back for these games. She competed last weekend to secure her place as one of the final athletes picked she um very very prominent on social media definitely worth a follow during these games and talked about you know the the pain she was going through in that race she's she's a great character and uh, she could do anything you know she could mm. could go out there and really really surprise and i hope she does
0: um australia's 51 uh athlete team also uh for the very first time includes uh, an indigenous competitor as well.
1: Yeah, Harley Windsor is a 21-year-old from um, Sydney, from Rudy Hill, the western suburbs. Um, and he, he, and his partner Katya Alexandrovskaya, who's a Russian. Um, when they met, they were match made. Um, she, she emigrated here from Russia and didn't speak English. And they've built up a partnership where they've won world youth medals and yeah. they've, they've. Um, You know, really gone to the top of the 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 youth um, level of ice skating. This is a they're not what you consider medal chances at this, but they're still very fresh and very young, and just a compelling story about how he. he, he was out for a day trip with his mother and she got lost and there was a skating rink and he gave it a try and he ended up working odd jobs around the the place to buy his first skates. And, wow. you know, just an intriguing guy and an intriguing story. And, and you know, we've had some really famous um, indigenous Olympic athletes, but it's kind of strange that this is the first out of, out of Winter Games.
0: You, this week, compiled um, for us a, an ultimate guide. Uh, if you need to find that, head to the Fox Sports Australia website. Of course, uh, search for the Ultimate Guide there. Uh, Tony Harper. The Winter Olympics also has its own section on the the Fox Sports website, I believe. Um, and how does the website plan to uh, cover the Winter Olympic Games?
1: Well, look, we'll be doing live blog coverage, our, our live um, you know event coverage of the major um, Australian competitors, and and that. It's it's great for us. I mean, being in South Korea, um, this event means it's in our time zone, the first mm. kind of Olympics in our time zone since the Summer Olympics in Beijing 2008. So, hopefully, a lot more people are tuning into that. Um, you know, logging on to foxsports.com.au at work while the boss isn't watching, <laughs> um, you know, making the most of uh, our live coverage there. We will. Also i'll uh, be bringing you as much video as it, as, um, as we can of the all the Aussies, but also the the great moments because it's not obviously not just an Aussie event uh this one um mm. so many great competitors from all around the world so many thrilling events too you look at ski jumping and you look at you know um, the downhill and the giant slaloms and those those kind of living on the edge events and there, there'll be you know the the characters especially on an international front won't be known to most Australians it's it's it'll be well well covered by Channel Seven this time as well. I know they've got a multi channel app um which I'll be tuning into as well. Um and you know you're gonna learn a lot about some really, really great athletes
0: out there. Yeah, great. Finally what what are you looking forward to the most?
1: I'm looking forward to the snowboarder cross and the ski cross. I just I love races and I, I think yep. I think that a lot of these events um you know, I'm a, I'm a, in a summer Olympics environment, I'm an 800 and 1500 meter, um, runner running fan. I like that where athletes get to go and tangle with each other and they, they need to bring in that strategy as well as that, that sort of, you know, anytime there's a risk of someone knocking you out, it's not like a hundred meters where you just pick your lane and you go as fast as you can. It's, yeah. um, and, and you know what? I like ice skating as well. I know it's, Kind of like an odd thing to say, but uh, I think it's way back twenty years ago. My wife made me sit down and watch uh, some ice skating with her, and and I've really enjoyed it ever since. So thanks, Elise.
0: Yeah, nice, uh, Tony Harper. Thank you very much for for joining today's splash.
1: No worries, man.
0: And uh, always a
1: pleasure to be here.
0: <laughs> thank you very much. Welcome back as well.
1: That's all right. Straight into the performance review now.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but. Maybe we'll end the podcast um, first. <laughs> okay. Thanks for joining us. Uh, thank you to all our listeners and subscribers out there. Uh, you can find me on Twitter to continue the conversation. Phil underscore Pryor. That's a wrap.